Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Melanie C., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, February 24th, 2015. And today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are on page 54, paragraph 2. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Diane G., 12 Traditions, Debbie B., Reading the text, Chelsea H., Larry K., Terry H. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, February 23rd, 2015, 7349. 7349. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any private or public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our method is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Diane G. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. This is Diane G. from New Hampshire. Grateful to be here today to read the 12 steps. One, we would we admitted we were powerless. Hold on one minute. I'm so sorry. Sorry about that. Um, step one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Sorry about the interruption, and I pass. Thank you. 
Thank you, Diane G. I will now ask Debbie B. from Canada to read the 12 traditions. Thank you, Melanie. Good morning, everyone. Debbie B. in Canada, the 12, oh, a compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or send the OA name to any related facility or other outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or communities directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other means public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Arcas. Thank you, Debbie B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 54, paragraph 2, and I will ask Chelsea H. to begin our study. Thank you, Melanie. Good morning, visionaries. This is Chelsea. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater for today. Imagine life without faith. Were nothing left but pure reason, it wouldn't be life. But we believed in life. Of course we did. We could not prove life in the sense that you can prove a straight line is the shortest distance between two points, yet there it was. Could we still say the whole thing was nothing but a mass of electrons created out of nothing, meaning nothing, whirling on to a destiny of nothingness? 
Of course we couldn't. The electrons themselves seem more intelligent than that, at least so the chemist said. And this information here now is um, teaching me that I have to make some kind of a choice here about what am I going to do about faith because all the information that I got up to this point lets me know that I'm screwed. There's nothing I can do. I've tried six ways to Sunday to beat this disease using my reason. I stood on the bridge of, stuck on the bridge of reason trying many, many different ways to get unstuck so I could go from bridge to shore. And the few times that I was able to stop to get unstuck for a moment, it was very short-lived, and it would be followed by even a worse binge. And I would try under my own steam to jump from bridge to shore without falling into the chasm that would lead me back into the quicksand and back into the food again. So every time I would try these same things over and over again, or I would try the latest diet or listen to the latest guru about how weight is lost, or if I was purging and spending hours a day just eating huge sums of food and then hours upon hours purging it, purging it, purging it over and over again, I wasn't able to stay stopped. Every time I said I wasn't going to do that behavior again, I was right back in it. So my own logic and my own reasoning, while it was fabulous in other areas, I had no problem with understanding my logic and my reason. I could work things out. Bright woman involved in several things. I had done several things successfully, but when it came to the food, and in my case, the liquor too, because they walked hand in hand, I could not stay stopped no matter what. And every time I tried under my own propulsion, I failed. I failed utterly. So I had to develop some type of a way that I was going to connect with something, something. I didn't have to have it fully fleshed out, but I had some questions that had to be answered. Do I believe or am I now willing to believe? Either God is or God isn't. What was my choice to be? So faith for me became a choice that I had to make. And Ebby had already made it clear in earlier um, work that I could choose my own conception. There was no way to prove faith. So I had to have acceptance for something that, which there was no evidence. And once I got totally clear that I was not God and everything I had tried was a failure, I was able then at that point to say, well, look, I'm willing, I'm at least willing to see whether or not this can work because somebody in front of me is standing there with totally a solution. They found a way out. They had escaped. Like Ebby, when Ebby came to Bill, he said, how had he escaped? So they had found a way out, and I knew that as long as I was willing to do the next thing that I was told to do by my guide that walked me through this process, that was the willingness I needed, and it was matched then by grace, because grace and willingness is what carried me over the chasm to the shore of faith. And once I got to that shore, I was able then to actually, as I walked through the rest of the process, of course, my decision, my leap of faith that I took, whatever it is that the totality of it all landed me on shore. And then I was able then to grow and to learn and to understand that there is something, because then I experienced it. And once I had the um, willingness to believe and then got the grace to be carried over, and then I started living the life, I would have the experiences, and then I knew. So faith became a belief for me through action, because faith without works is dead, the book tells me. So I took it, take it a day at a time, 
And I'm so grateful that I did get the willingness to receive the grace because I wasn't even prepared to receive it before because I was so busy trying to run the show. So I'm grateful today that I sit in quietness with that which created me, and I live one day at a time in these pages. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Chelsea H. Who would like to comment on the first paragraph today? Well, it's actually paragraph two. Rabia. This is Bella. Can I share? I hear Rabia. And Hi, Bella. this is Sheila H. Sheila H. Sheila. Great. Thank you. Let's go with Rabia, Bella, and Sheila right now. Good morning, Rabia. Did you say Bella? I did, but we're going to have Rabia go first, and then you'll be second, Bella, okay? Thank you. You're welcome. Good morning, my fellow visionaries. This is Rabia, compulsive overeater in New York, and Chelsea, I love you so much. <laughs> I know this might be cross-talk, but I can't help it. My, I'm quelling. Um And the the share was so absolutely perfect um, and makes me so grateful that I, I have a condition, I have a disease that forces me to seek because um, I'm perfectly willing to live a life without faith if things are going my way. Um, if I have the body I, ha- I want, if I have the life I want, if if I have the um, freedom financially I want, if I do the things I want. You know, if if, if I have a, if <laughs> my my wants and desires are filled, um, I have no reason to keep seeking. And, and because I've been a compulsive overeater and an alcoholic my whole adult life, I have been um, forced to seek other things uh, other things because I'm doomed. I'm doomed in the first step, so I, I must. I must keep seeking. And, and I love the journey it's brought me on to this day. And, and, and so today, it, it, oh, the peace, the peace I have in my life today through working these 12 steps and for being with my fellows, um, and I can't get very far away from all of you, from my fellows, because because um, I was living in 10, 11, and 12, and I did have a relapse, and, um, and, and then seeking at a deeper level. Um, so it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, this life, and, um, and I'm so grateful to share it with all of you. Thank you. That I pass. Thank you, Rabia M. Bella G., you're next. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Melanie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. It wouldn't be life. Yes, and it wasn't life. Before I was in the program, I believed in reasons. I believed that I need to know everything, and I need to understand everything, and I need to have reasons. And this is pure control. I needed the control. If I know the reason, I will act different. And if I don't have a reason, I wanted to be sure that I will find a reason. And this is the control. I couldn't accept and admit that I am human and I am powerless. And today, thank you, God. Thank you, God. 
I live a life that it's not reasons. It's pure connected to a, to a higher power greater than myself. And yes, I am human. I don't have to understand everything. And I don't even want to understand. I believe and I trust God that God wants the best for me. And if God wants me to understand, <clears throat> I will understand. And if not, this is God's will. And it's wonderful. Today I live in freedom without knowing and having the reasons for my life. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Bella G. Sheila H., you're next. Good morning, Sheila H. in New York. You're covering your day at a time. Melanie, can you hear me? I can. Good morning. Okay, thank you. Good morning. Thank you for your service, Chelsea. Thank you so much for reading and uh, your share. Um, I needed so much to check in because I wanted to, you know, just remember that, yes, I've always believed I had a relationship about as long as I can remember. According to my mom, at two, I get really excited when we're going to church. But today I have a different type of relationship with God. And I think the biggest thing I want to share is that even though I had this relationship already with God, there are times I know nothing but God himself made these perfect spaces straight that were in my life. I've seen it time and time and time again. And yet I wasn't trying to fool over to God for whatever reason. I would pull on to that and say, he or she is the type of sheep. I wasn't able to handle that, you know. And then I said, you know, well, give it a shot. You know for sure that the Jesus that you believe in took care of this situation. You know for sure something that you've been praying for for years that you never thought you would get, and all of a sudden you got it. Again, another example. So those examples become in my life. Why couldn't I stay within my food, my day, my mental And every time I do that, there's a relief. You know, I literally have to step back surrender and put my hands up in the air and say, okay, I'm not in shock. I don't have to figure this out. My mental obsession is relieved. It's lifted. And that's a gift. That is absolutely the gift. And I'm just so grateful that I am able to connect those dots because, I can, again, I've had a relationship with God as long as I can remember. But the shift for me in this program is that this time to put over it and say, okay, this is not going to help me. You're going to help me. So that's what I was doing, looking for something to take my ease and obsession away from me, not with food. Today I don't have to do that, and for that I'm eternally grateful. Thank you for letting me share my Thank you, Sheila. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Hi. Renata. This is Veronica I'd like to share. I hear Veronica, and I hear Renata. Anybody else while we're here? And Vasa. Hi, Vasa. Okay, let's go with those three this morning. Veronica, Renata, and Vasa. Good morning, Veronica. Good morning. Thank you for your service. And uh, I'm Veronica, recovering uh, compulsive overeater. And and I um, thank God for my recovery today. And concerning the paragraph, uh, um, personally, I've, I've been a believer in God for many years for quite a long time, but as well, I didn't have a faith. When I came to, to OA, as it were, my faith just wasn't up to par, as it were, because I, I just 
just couldn't fathom that God could do this and help me with this. And initially I was thinking that I had to pray and ask God to just take the desire away from me from overeating, from compulsive overeating, the desire and all that. I'm thinking that God, that I had to just pray for God to do all the work. But I realized when I came and got better acquainted with the program and all, that actually it was about me doing my part and God will always do his part. And I, my faith was just very low, as it were. But as well, I've become abstinent again because uh, I have relapsed off and on throughout my time and being in OA for about eight years or so, uh, about seven or eight years, I will relapse and all. But at times, but I'm determined at this time to go all the way through. And I take it one day at a time. I surrender in a deeper way, more than I ever had before. I've totally surrendered my will to God, and I'm willing to go to any length to attain uh, recovery in this area uh, as far as being abstinent, having that uh, compulsion, being uh, uh, relieved of the compulsion, obsession with food. But anyway, that's all I had to say. I passed. Thank you, Veronica. And would you be willing to give me the first initial of your last name, please? Oh, B. B like Like, Paul. Okay, great. Thanks so much. Thank you for your share. Renata D. Hi, Melanie. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. Very grateful to be on the line today. Um, We could not prove life in the sense that you can prove a straight line is the shortest distance between two points, yet there it was. That made me think of the, 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 the step process you know, the practical program of action. Uh, you know, I couldn't prove it, like, that it would work. I, I didn't know if it would work or not, but there it was. People that have gone through the process before me and they were recovered. They were free from the obsession. They were free from the allergy of the body. And, uh, and so I came to believe that maybe it would work for me too. And by leaning on the steps every time I wanted to eat, by using the steps every time I wanted to go to the food, then I started to have faith that this step process really works. You know, I can't explain how it works. You know, it's it, it's not logical. It's not a logical process, but it does work. Every time, you know, I'm paralyzed with fear or something like that and I do a step 10, I'm free of it. And I don't have to go into the food. You know, um, I have I had a relationship with a higher power before coming to program, but it wasn't a, a clear channel. I was still blocked. I was still going to the food when I was uncomfortable. And until I went through this process, I I couldn't totally rely on a power greater than myself. And so, you know, but there were proofs that it worked for others. And all I had to do was come to believe that could work for me too. And then through my own experience, I could have faith that it works because every time I go to the set, it works. That's all I want to share. Thanks. Thank you, Renata. Avasa O. 
Thank you, Chelsea, for your service, and good morning, everybody. And I'm Vasa Ulrich, have a compulsive leader calling from Florida. Oh, yeah, faith, faith. I had a relationship with God once in a while during my lifetime. I would call like like 911 in emergency. And, um, and God didn't come through for me, you know. And uh, I also had fears of God, you know. I grew up with fearful and punishing God. And a lot of times I just avoided. I really didn't want to be close to God because, uh, you know, he, again, uh, he, this God might strike me down and, and I didn't want to die. I had, you know, like there was a lot of cursing and stuff was growing up. So, you know, that was my childhood God that I, you know, that I carried over my life, you know, the fearful God. But again, I didn't <clears throat> somehow growing up also in a, in a communist country, I was, we were discouraged to believe in God. So somehow I felt like I, I needed a proof. I wanted a proof to see and touch God to believe. And here I come to the program with desperation, with the food addiction. I remember thinking, well, what does God have to do with the food, you know? I didn't feel that important in God's, you know, in, I didn't feel that important that he would help me with the food. And I also thought that God is out there to help, help the, you know, in the world that really sick, sick and suffering people with wars and starvation and out far countries. And, uh, but then I learned God loves all of us. He wants us all to go to him, you know. We are, we are all important to God. And that made me feel good. Wow, you know, really? God really loves me, cares for me. And uh, again, you know, the food brought me on my knees, you know. The steps that I was ready to admit I was powerless over the food came to believe the power greater than us, like it was sin, made it certain. I was in so much pain, and I was just so ready and willing to ask God to please help me. You know, because with everything I did over the years, for 25 years of my life, to control it, it just did not work, you know. So my faith started with the food, and then gradually uh, my faith became stronger in other areas of my life. So, but I needed, again, I was so, so ready to surrender to God, and because I just could not do it, it was just killing me. It's Vasa, make this decision. You want to live or you want to die. And I wanted to live. I, I had a child, three-year-old child, and I had teenage kids, you know, younger, a uh, little older than him. There was 10 years between the, the, the second and the third. He was our late baby. And I said, if I don't do something, I'm gonna, this child is going to grow up with no mother. So, I mean, he was my motivation also. And plus, I, I didn't want to kill myself with the food. So I'm just so grateful that God brought me in the program, and I have a wonderful relationship, and my relationship uh, has been getting stronger and better over the years. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you very much, Vasa O. Is there anyone else that would like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? This is Lois. This is Janice. I hear Lois M., and I hear Janice P. Anybody else? Thanks so much. Okay, Lois, we'll go with you, and then we'll catch up with you, Janice. Thank you. 
Hi, good morning, Melanie. Thanks for your service and for everyone on the line this morning. Um, I just wanted to comment on what was read today. You know, such a very powerful paragraph and meeting as well. And um, I, I just wanted to say um, that you, all of you on the line today and every day or every other day in the past, you have been uh, the the power behind my struggling to believe in a power greater than myself. And and I know that, uh, I think there's a term somewhere called talking heads, which means um, a lot of, you know, news, whatever it means, uh, it's a broad brush of uh, people giving information. And, um, and and the difference between that is, you know, the, the messages that I hear in in recovery, in, in, with recovered people, is um, it's spoken from the heart. And and so, therefore, when I just checked in again, I had to check in again. There were 301 people on this line. And so I have the privilege, and you do as well, uh, of having 301 Ebbies in my life today. And what I mean by Ebby in my life, I meant that people who I heard in my heart were just like me. You know, they were compulsive overeating, and, and they were struggling, and they were real, even though I never met most of you. They were real, and they were telling me, you know, that they, they, like me, could not stop eating compulsively. They couldn't do that. And and they were uh, in different levels of torture or in the disease. And I heard that because they were describing my life, and I didn't know these people. And therefore, you know, I, I went, my faith was on recovered people who were speaking how they became happy, joyous, and free. And and I just kept coming. The best thing I ever did was kept coming. I kept trying. I did believe intellectually with God. I thought I was offering, um, suffer. I mean, I thought I was surrendering and asking him for the grace. But obviously, I wasn't finished. You know, I don't know any other way to describe it. And most of the things that, miracles that happened in my life, I cannot describe because they, they didn't, they didn't um, generate in, in me. And then all of a sudden, after I had enough and I was begging and power, really finished, uh, asked God, please, I cannot do this anymore. And just like um, um, a little wispy reed is what I can best describe it, Chelsea did it so beautifully, that I, I felt a shift. I, I knew a shift had happened. Uh, all I can say is it was a shift. And I knew that I was going to be able to work the the steps, and I was able to move from the problem to the solution. That was just the beginning. But something happened, and within me it was the grace of God that gave me the um, the ability to begin to work these steps, and, and, and that did happen for me. And I did become recovered, and I live a happy, joyous, and free life today. And you can do this as well. Just keep coming, you know, ask for help and practice this program of action. And with that, I thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Lois M. Janice B., good morning to you. Good, mo- good morning, Melanie. Good morning. This is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You know, I don't know about you, but some sometimes it just tickles me no end when I hear all the voices of recovery on this line in the morning. And thank you, Melanie, so much for being one of those voices here this morning. 
And for everybody else who has shared, you know, we speak the language of the heart. The big book says, and Bill W. said, we speak the language of the heart. And, and that, I believe, is the language of this higher power, is the language of the heart. And, and, you know, the big book did not prove to me there was a God. It proved to me my need for God. And once that became clear to me, that I had a need for this higher power, then the way was made more clear. Because, you know, the big book is it's so wonderful. It tell, tells us we don't have to agree with anyone else's conception of God. And we, and we can find our own. We can find our own. And it says that that will be given to us, that we began to be possessed of a new sense of power and direction. But how was that going to happen? Provided we took some other simple steps. We do the things we don't believe, and we get the results we can't deny. We can't deny. When we work these steps, at least that's been my experience, when we work these steps, something pretty miraculous happens. Something that I didn't even know was possible. The kind of life that I didn't know was possible. I love that someone mentioned earlier that they had some sense of God, but they were still blocked. And I believe until we put down the food and work the steps, that will just continue to be blocked and that channel will be made more clear. You know, our thinking, our thinking will be relieved of the obsession. When we practice these principles in all our affairs, when we practice the steps, Practice, 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 I like to say, because I'm still practicing. I don't know about you, but every day, every day is a new day to practice these principles and grow ever closer to that higher power with a better understanding every day. It's a spiritual experience. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice T. And with that, I'd like to move on to the next paragraph, asking Larry Kay to please read, Paragraph 3 on 54, and moving over to 55, paragraph 1. You bet, Melanie. Thank you so much. Larry Kay, recovered, compulsive reader from Chicago. Hence, we saw that reason isn't everything. Neither is reason, as most of us use it, entirely dependable, though it emanate from our best minds. What about people who prove that man could never fly? Yet we had been seeing another kind of flight, a spiritual liberation from this world, people who rose above their problems. They said God made these things possible, and we only smiled. We had seen spiritual release, but like to tell ourselves it wasn't true. You know, there, there's, there's always some uncertainty associated with the conclusions that we, that we drew from our reason. You know, even science never absolutely proves anything. It's merely based on mathematical probability. And, you know, and I'm, I'm, it's funny. I came here. I'm, I'm trained in, in, in the rigorous application of scientific principles based on valid methodologies. You know, I, I have all that training. But, you see, inductive reasoning is stating something being likely or not. Again, probability given, you know, certain assumptions. And so since nothing can, can prove something definitely, 
I've learned to accept it and, and go with the amount of certainty that can be given. And, and here's what I observed when I came to OA. You know, I saw another kind of flight. I saw people who had a, who had a spiritual liberation from the spiritual malady. People like me who were, who were dying from the ravages of this disease had tapped into a new power source. I didn't have to know what it was, but it was a power source for them. And these are people like me. They, some people were suicidal when they got here. Some are morbidly obese. Some on this line right now can't stop purging all day long. You know, they're overcome by anxiety and depression like I was. Enslaved by the food with the, the inability to have relationships of any consequence. And, um, you know, so, you know, left to my own power, I've got no shot. None. That has to be clear to me. I have no shot left to my own power. That's not my opinion either. That's right out of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. It says our problem is lack of power. If we are powerless, then we need to seek that power. And I think we've complicated the heck out of this program. If my unmanageability came, you know, as the direct result of my powerlessness, then obviously if I've accepted that in step one, then obviously I have to come to believe that a power greater than myself, of my own conception, can relieve me of, of, of my, san, uh, my insanity. And that's what happened to me. I, was, I, was, uh, I just followed some simple steps laid out in this big book precisely, and I went from this, this panic-filled you know, uh, guy who, uh, who couldn't have relationships who chewed people up and spit them out with my bitterness. And yet, boy, oh boy, did I look good on paper. I hadn't tapped into the power source. And once I did as a result of these steps, I was now restored to sanity. And sure, I was able to put the food down. Sure, the obsession of the mind was lifted right out of me. But much more was given to me. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry Kay. Who would like to comment on these two paragraphs this morning? This is Hi, Leanne. Julianne. Leanne. Sally. I hear Janice. I hear Sally. I hear Leanne. And Julie. Did R. I hear Julie? Oh, I did. Thank you, Julie. I thought maybe I did. Okay, let's go with those four. Uh, Sally A, Leanne, Janice M, and Julie R. Good morning, Sally. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, a vision for you. It's Sally A, a recovered compulsive overeater in South Jersey. And so we have been reading over and over on page 54 and then even on to page 55 this word about reasoning and even talking about the God of reason. And over and over this subject of reasoning, finally, hence we saw that reason isn't everything. Neither is reason as most of us use it entirely dependable. What is dependable? Also on this page we've seen this word faith over and over. And I just found it very interesting. I was thinking about on page 49 in the um, 12 and 12, um, the top of page 49 in the 12 and 12 tells us that whether it's conscious or unconscious fear is the basic breeder of most human difficulties. And it says 
the chief block to, to true progress. It says a lot here. All these failings generate fear. It goes on to talk a lot about our soul sickness. And so I was thinking as I was reading these pages on 54 and 55, you were talking about our reasoning. And we know that our, our reasoning has become, when we're in whatever our addiction is, but in our case, when we're in the food, our reasoning has become sick. It's become warped. It's become a soul sickness. And here we're using reasoning to try to escape a problem when our reasoning is so warped and so sick. And so they're telling us that on these pages here that reason isn't everything. And reason is, as most of us use it, is not entirely dependable. And why isn't it dependable? Because our reasoning is like a piece of cloth that's been put into a vat of colored it's, our reasoning is colored with fear. Fear is the corrosive thread that goes all the way through most of our reasoning. And so when it comes to this paragraph and talks of spiritual liberation and spiritual release, what are they talking about? Is it not liberation and release from all of the fear that, has, that, our, that our thinking and our reasoning has been steeped in and has held us back it has it has kept us in a, in a bondage of sorts it has been the chief block to true progress and now as we go into these next paragraphs we're going to talk about what can we do to move from fear to faith because ultimately that's what is going to be the healing that we all require that's what's going to lead us to the spiritual liberation and the spiritual release that we all so desperately crave even more than food. Thanks for letting me share with that, I pass. Thank you, Sally A. And Leanne S., is that what it is today? You're next. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi, Leanne from Florida, recovering from compulsive overeating and anorexia. And talking about the power of God and how I've seen him work in my life, um, you know, I got to a point where I really didn't care anymore. I really thought I was going to die. Somebody was talking about having small kids and things, and it reminded me of the time when um, we were building our house and the twins were really little, and I truly didn't think I was going to live to see the end of it. I was so lost and binging and starving. I, I was an absolute mess. And um, I got to the point where I didn't care anymore at all. And um, something made me get on the floor and just said, you know, ask God. I just asked God to help me care. Please help me care enough to live. And um, the power of God, I mean, I, I, I said this is, all the, this is all the sincerity I have at the moment, which isn't very much, but just take whatever sincerity I have, God, and help me care enough. And um, I don't know, just the, just seeing how he worked in my life after that point. Every time I got to a place of desperation like that, he would come through. And somehow, little by little, um, I began to take steps toward becoming abstinent, steps toward getting a big book sponsor, and like little by little. And um, I still, it just, just profoundly makes me believe in him every time he comes through for me again. Little personal touches he does over and over. A song will come on that will remind me of 
something that I'm trying to decide or whatever. But the power of God is really there, and he doesn't make too hard of knowing him for those who seek him. I love that line in the big book. You know, he doesn't make it too hard for us to seek him. All we have to do is take a step toward him. Whatever it is, it might be a her. I don't know, however people believe. But um, eventually he, you know, he for me, he drew me in. He wooed me into him. And um, I'm reading through this chapter now with a sponsee, and it's just wonderful to hear how he works in their lives too, you know, the little nudges that happen, the little nuggets that, that come. And all we have to do is just be willing enough one person said to um if you can't if you can't find God on your own then pray to your sponsor's God. Okay God, I see how you're helping her. I'm going to pray I'm going to pray to whoever's helping my sponsor or you know there's so many ways to make a beginning. And um anyway, that's what it reminded me of something in the past. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you Leanne S. Janice M. Yes, thank you, Melanie. Uh, this is, and everyone, this is Janice M., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Yes, I heard a word, and I went, bingo, and it's uh, all about uh, fear. That was my problem. I had a battle with my reasoning, my logic, um, and faith. It was always going on in my head, and I didn't know what it was. Well, first of all, I found out when they said, oh, fear is the underlying thread, I said, I'm not afraid of anything. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> I I have been afraid since I've been a little girl, and it was just a camouflage of showing you that I wasn't. But anyway, um, when I came, um, I and the reason why I never put the food down, well, it's because I couldn't, but I was afraid to put it down. The fear, what would happen if I put the food down? How could I go on vacations? How could I go to this particular occasion? That was fear. And then fear, the unwillingness to believe, was fear because I didn't trust. I didn't trust because um, I found out I, did, I couldn't trust a food plan. I couldn't trust a, a doctor, you know, to remove the obsession of my mind. You see, that was the battle. I was trying on my own. And I was using reasoning all the time. Well, if I have enough money, if I have a different husband, if I have a different child, you know, maybe I wouldn't eat. Um, using all those human excuses and reasoning and logic failed. Self-sufficiency failed. So the first thing I did was, um, and, and it's a process. The whole thing is a process. You start with, okay, let me have a willingness to believe. I don't believe right now, but I'm going to have a willingness and I'm going to go to OA and I'm going to start to trust the fellowship because I see um, things happening with them. Then I'm going to trust the sponsor. Yeah, because she's got what I want. You know, she's not only thin, but she's her whole personality is what I like. And then I'm going to trust those steps on the wall. Um, I'm going to... Somebody just um, trust those steps on the wall. I apologize. And that's all a process. Then you come to trust and you come because you see results. See, my problem was I didn't, I didn't um, 
uh, trust the results because I thought that I would know. I, I just couldn't conceive of not having certain foods in my life or doing things a certain way. I just couldn't conceive of it because my mind is so finite. And um, but I, I, I have it's been proven, um, and your faith, my faith grew because I used to hear, well, you can't prove air. You see the wind, move the tree, you know, the leaves. Can you? Can I? Can I prove the love of my son, an undying love, no matter what happens? No, but it's there. I don't have proof, but it's there. You know, I have proof. I don't have proof when I want to go on a chair to sit on it that it's going to hold me up, but I don't know it. So this is what I see. It's an underlying fear in order to start to believe and to trust. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice M. Julie R. Hi, this is Julie R. Recovered from Pulsive Overeater in California. You know, the first thing I have to chuckle about, because it talks about reason, um, that it's entirely dependable, so it emanates from our best mind. When I came to OA in 83, I didn't have a best mind. And even as I progressed in my disease throughout the years, off, you know, off and on, uh, "Quote unquote recovery." My mind was not best. I mean, I I came, I got back up to almost 300 pounds, which was the least of my problems. It was my controlling, my vindictive nature, my ego. Um, my ego was bigger than my body, and so I poo-pooed this idea of turning everything over to God because I was looking at it from a religious standpoint, and then. Every day I would get introduced with, to women and men who had not only lost weight, but were nice people who acted nice when nobody was watching them. They had that true humility. And I was like, if they can do it, then why can't I have that? And I've had, you know, my my struggles, but it's like I look back now, now that I'm, I'm back being recovered, the weight is almost normal, but... I'm a kind person again. I am not um, this mean, manipulative, vindictive woman who always looked out for myself. I try to think before I speak. It doesn't work all the time. But, you know, back on um, There is a Solution, you know, it talks about if we just pick up the spiritual tools that are laid at our feet, that we're going to have this deep and effective spiritual experience. And that means that I'm going to cast out that Julie that lived her life full of fear because I didn't know how to live because I have a living problem. I don't have a food problem. And, you know, I wanted that. I wanted to be rocketed to that fourth dimension like I would see people and hear people talk about. And it's like, yeah, I can do that. I have that now. Why do I have that now? It's because I let go. And simply, it's like God is and I am not. I can't get any more simpler than that. Do I have to work at this every day? You bet. I mean, I I have to have a plan. I do daily 10 steps. I do my nightly review. But I am not that same person. And it's amazing. It's like it's amazing you can walk in this room broken, mentally, physically, and you can stand tall and become a recovered person. You know, God is right there waiting. And and if I can do it, anybody can do it. So thank you. I'll pass. 
Thank you, Julie. And we have time for probably one more person to share before we have to close this morning. Who would like to take that spot? Uh, hi, this is Ronnie. Good morning, Ronnie. And did I hear anybody else? Okay, we'll go with Ronnie. Okay, thanks. Uh, thanks so much. This is Ronnie, um, compulsive overeater in uh, Pennsylvania. Um, <clears throat> thank you. Every <clears throat> excuse me, I'm so sorry. Thanks, everyone, for your sharing. Um, don't have a whole lot to add that hasn't been said so beautifully already. Um, one of the things, though, that occurs to me is that what the fear um what fear can block me from is not just, okay, knowing what is my next right step, but when I try to control to make sure that nothing, you know, unexpected happens that I can't control, what I also end up blocking coming into my life is just happiness and joy and surprise. I think that's the big thing. Um, when I when I am really, you know, sort of living in the spirit, I am surprised and delighted so often. Um, the thought will occur to me. Something will come to me. And it is not of me because it just came out of the blue. And when I'm unblocked enough, I can see that it has entered. And I just feel delighted. I, I, you know, at different times, I'll just surrender something to God and go, all right, got to help me on this. And um, some thought will occur, <clears throat> and I just chuckle and think, well, there it is. There it is. Um, so, you know, when I... When I block things, I feel like, okay, I'm blocking, um, you know, things I can't control. Well, I can't control that delight either. Uh, so that just comes. So I guess that's that's really just the takeaway I'm taking from this. So thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you, Ronnie. Hey, Ronnie, would you give me the first initial of your last name, please? Oh, sure. It's P as in Peter. P as in Peter. Great. Thanks so much. Thank you for your share this morning. Sure. Thank you. You're welcome. And we do actually have time for one more person to share. It looks like we have a couple of minutes. Who would like to take that? It's Leah. Hey, Leah. Good morning. Thank you. Hey, thank you. you. Yeah, <laughs> thanks so much. No one else wants it. I'll take it. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Melanie. Good morning, everybody. It's Leah M. Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Yet we had been seeing another kind of flight, a spiritual liberation from this world, people who rose above their problems. And, you know, we get that... <laughs> Message, you know, as soon as we crack open this text to the title page when it says, Alcoholics Anonymous, how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism? You know, that's a message of hope. You know, these men and women who uh, were, you know, going to be locked up never to see the light of day anymore, who uh, had ripped through their lives, through their jobs, through their families, through their health, and yet, uh, you know, rose above that uh, through a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. And that's exactly the goal and the aim uh, that I needed was that same process. You know, what the big book promises is that by working the 12 steps, we remove the blocks that keep us from our higher power, however we have conceived it. And that higher power will enter into our lives and give us sanity and allow us to rise above our problems. Not through our own personal success, through grace and willingness, we are able to rise above our problems. How is that possible? Because we'll be given sanity. 
we will feel a strength and a power that we did not know existed when we were trying to deal with our problems on our own. At least that was true for me. And, you know, there is a huge hoop here for every single one of us. Step two only requires that we be willing to try to find our higher power. That's it. Our willingness is enough to start the process of working the 12 steps. You know, so all of you on the line who are atheists and, or agnostics, uh, you don't have to despair. <laughs> you know, the big book is just going to tell us, do the steps. The big book guarantees that if you do the steps, by the end of step nine, you'll have a personality change sufficient to overcome compulsive overeating. And the, in the words of the big book, that's a spiritual awakening. And for believers on the line, you know, my experience with countless of other believers in OA is that the steps remove the blockages between them and their God that they always know, knew existed. And those believers now have a relationship with that God that they never knew was possible. So if you're new and feeling overwhelmed, it's okay. <laughs> the music of Overeaters Anonymous and the music of these recovered folks on this line and elsewhere is contagious because we are kind of like a mosaic that, you know, with a lot of different pieces from all over the planet, but when we're put together, create a music of hope. And, you know, it was that hope. You know, when I sat across from someone in whom the problem had been solved, I left that conversation with something I came in without, and that was hope. I left that conversation with hope that I, too, could have this thing, that I, too, could have a spiritual liberation and rise above my problem of compulsive overeating. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Thank you so much. And it's time to close our meeting now. And we will close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Terry H. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Terry H., are you with us this morning? Carrie, if you're not there, able to um, unmute and people are able to hear me, <laughs> provided people are able to hear me. Uh, Janice M., would you be willing to read page 164 for us this morning? We can hear you. Oh, good. Hi. I can't seem to find Terry. Would you be willing to help out this morning? Absolutely, but I can't find the big book. <laughs> Mel, you need some help? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll get you out of this ditch. <laughs> Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.